Hey, welcome to the podcast. I am Joel here with my dad. And I'm Rick. What do you want to talk about today, Joel? Dad, you did something really well when we were growing up and it was, you were always available and present with us. I felt like whenever I had a situation, you'd be working hard on your computer and, and, and I, I find myself feeling guilty of this now because when Elise comes in or Emily comes in, I'm on the computer. I'm like, I'm dead focused in thought. Yeah. I'm like, don't distract me. But yeah, I would come in, I'd be like, dad, and you would stop, you'd put it down and you'd give me your full attention. That was really something you were very good at. And I'm not very good at that. And I think uh, the world is becoming increasingly, it's becoming more increasingly difficult to be present in our world because there's always somewhere else that we can go to with man. our phone, with TVs everywhere, um, even just checking into your own thoughts, like yeah. you know, getting into your own thoughts and kind of checking out of the world. I think about that, that movie, Walter Mitty, where he's always kind of daydreaming about where he could yeah. be, what he could be. And yeah. and people are like, Walter, Walter, are you there? <laughs> so I want to talk about this idea of being present and, because I really do think I mean, it's just so hard to be present. And I think we all know that. There's a sense that we're like, man, we're ignoring what's most important around us. But all these little other things are so uh, uh, drawing our attention. And maybe it's, maybe it's worry about the future that is keeping you from enjoying the present. Maybe it's going... Oh my gosh, what has happened to the world? Where's the world I grew up in? This isn't the world I grew up in. And why can't my kids grow up in that world? And so, but the fact is we are where we are and you kind of got to deal with where you are. Yeah. And that's one of the challenges, I think, because there's a way you can check out at any point. Yeah. Yeah. It's really easy to do that. I think that's one of the, I had a uh, guy tell me that the reason that Amish romance is so hot right now is because it's everybody longing to go back to these days of yore. Uh, when it's like, I churned my own butter and milked the cow. It's <laughs> yeah. like, oh, life was so simple back then. And so it's yeah. it's a way to escape the present reality of driving, driving your kid yeah. three hours every day to school and sports and stuff. Yeah. But but in a way, that's kind of like, I, I was watching the other day, there was an army commercial on, you know, join the army and they showed this guy crawling through mud under this barbed wire and bullets flying over his head, you know, and join the army, be a man. And I thought, you know, that really looks good on TV, but I've done that. It is not fun at all. You're, yes. When you're down there eating that mud, you go, what the heck am I doing here? Why did I sign up for this voluntarily? Right? <laughs> what an idiot I am, you know, it looks good on TV, you know, and, a lot of things look good on the on the iPhone and Facebook and all that, you know. But boy, when you really get into it, you find out life is kind of pretty boring sometimes, you know. Yeah. So how do you be present when it's boring? Well, you know, I think first of all, I think it's really interesting that you you felt like I did a good job of that because I always felt like I didn't do as mm. good a job as I wanted to. It was always a struggle with me uh, to be able to shut down over here and focus over here, you know. But I but I did realize, you know, I had good mentors in my life who who would tell me that, you know, people are always more important than the projects or whatever you're going on. And I remember one time I was, uh, when I was principal of the school and, uh, you know, it, 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 that's a crazy job. You got, we had 200 kids, 220 kids, and then, you know, t almost twice that many parents. And then you got teachers and you got all this stuff going on all the day. <clears throat> and I had all this uh, stuff I needed to get done on my to-do list. And one time I went to uh, uh, Sam Kelly and a pastor that uh, mentored me. And he said, I said to him, I said, man, it's just so frustrating. I, I just don't feel like I can get anything on my agenda done today because of all the interruptions. And he just looked at me and says, have you ever considered the fact that maybe those interruptions in your agenda are God's agenda for you that day? Mm. I thought, hmm, maybe so, you know, maybe so. Maybe that's a whole lot more important than my to-do list, What what's coming up. And I mean, you know, you can be distracted. There are leeches that will just suck your time and absolutely, you know, always be there wanting more and more and more. But many times I think, we do need to put a priority on people. And 
it's easier to ignore and like particularly your kids, it's easier to ignore your kids or your wife because they're not going to, you know, they're not going to demand anything of you. Right. And so it's easier to ignore them. And you're still in the house with them. So it still feels like, well, we're living together. You feel like you're present because you're in the physical realm with yeah. them. Yeah. But your mind is somewhere else. And, um, and I, I mean, that's so easy to do. Like, you know, Elise will be calling dad, dad. I'm like, I'm, yeah. I'm on my phone doing something I, th- I think is very important. Yeah. Um, talking to somebody that's not with me while I'm yeah. ignoring somebody that is with me. Well, you know, that's what I found too. It, people on the phone, uh, and, and I'm not talking about when you're talking to someone on the phone, but I'm talking when you're scrolling through Facebook or Instagram or whatever, you know, they are a whole lot more interesting and fascinating than the people you're with. Mm-hmm. The people you're with are boring compared to them. You know, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> because you're seeing the polished, uh, filtered, photoshopped, uh, image of the people that are on the phone and they've got exciting things going on or they wouldn't be posting, you know? And even if it's not exciting, they can make it look exciting. And here you're just with this boring person that you're just sitting there and you're yeah. doing whatever, eating no, dinner with, you it's know? It's just him. Yeah, yeah. 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 What, which which is kind of a function of in, in when we're, you know, living in the present, um, there's always a, the temptation to look at the, ro- we call it rosy retrospection, in counseling, mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. looking back and you filtered out all the bad out of the past. Yeah. And you're going, gosh, man, back in the day, it was so great. Like when we <laughs> lived in that little two bedroom house and yeah. we were so cozy and all that. We yeah. So that there was every time it rained, it would like leak. The plumbing never worked. Yeah. You forget all that stuff. You, the, you rose your retrospection. And so there's this, well, that's what King Solomon he says, don't say why were the day, former days better than today, for it's not from wisdom that you ask such things. Like it's never good. To be constantly looking back at the past and going, oh, if today was just like back then. Yeah. The, those were the good old days. Well, right now is going to be the good old days one day for you. But then there's also this element of Jesus saying, I'm telling you guys, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Today has enough trouble of its own. So just focus on the stuff that's in front of you today, what's right in front of you right now, and let all the rest of that stuff take care of itself tomorrow. You got to live in these, I've heard it called day tight compartments. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, and, but that, that's challenging because there's always something. And there's some people that just really love it. Emily's one that loves anticipation for her in some ways, the anticipation of the event is more yeah. exciting than the actual events. Yeah. We get to the event. It's like, we actually get to, you know, the, the, the condo in Mexico or whatever that we rented. And she's like, Oh, this isn't quite as nice as I was expecting it to be, but okay. But man, the anticipation leading yeah. up to it, she loves the anticipation of it. Uh, yeah, your then, mom's yeah. that way too. You know, really? you, you do not throw her a surprise birthday party because she does not like it. <laughs> it's, like, it's not that she doesn't like the surprise; it's that she loves the anticipation of it. It's looking forward to it. She, yeah, that, she gets as much pleasure out of that as actually the surprise. You know, which, which is an interesting thing because that's that's the looking ahead thing. Which I guess there's nothing wrong with that. But man, it can it can lead you when you're so focused on what's coming up ahead that you can miss out on what's right now in front of you. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. the anticipation. If it's in a positive way, it's an excitement. It provides a joy for today because you're looking forward to there. But I think, you know, of course, what Jesus is talking about is the troubles. You yeah. know, when you're looking forward to it, like, oh, it's going to be terrible. Oh, it's going to be bad. You know, yeah. he says, you got enough things that are going to be terrible today. Isn't that an encouragement? <laughs> <laughs> Just focus on today's horribleness. You got enough. <laughs> if you even make it through the day, I'll be surprised. That's right, you know? yeah. <laughs> I hear there's this... Uh, Greeting one of the African languages, their, their morning greeting is, Oh, I see you lived through the night. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Surprise, I made it another day, you know? So, uh, anyway, yeah. So, 
it is, it is, uh, I, what I was saying is it, it was always an effort on my part yeah. to oh, yeah, I distracted make that you, effort. Sorry. Yeah. Did we? Yeah. yeah. To, um, get to, to do that. But I thought it was something that was worthwhile. It was something I needed to train myself to do. And then later I had a, a people comment too, you know, that, you know, they, they noticed that when I was involved in things, you know, that, and it, it challenged, I remember somebody specific, specifically saying, you know, I really learned from just watching that in you that I needed to focus more on, um, they were talking about their kids, you know, that they, again, tended to ignore their kids until there was a crisis. Yeah. And I think many times that's the reason we have the crisis because we didn't pay much attention to them uh, earlier on. Or, we, or we've trained, oh yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. So like yeah. the idea of, uh, well, I mean, that reminds me of a story of a guy I was at a, I was, I was doing a wedding and um, it was his beach wedding and uh, I, I did the wedding and afterwards this guy came up to me and he's like, man, I really like what you had to say about love. And, uh, you know, he had had a few drinks in him and he goes, uh, I really liked what you had to say about love. And man, it's just really hard when your kid tries to kill themselves. And I was like, whoa, what, what? That is a little hard. I didn't know what, to, I was like, yeah. what? It totally caught me off guard. I'm like, did your, did your kid try and kill himself? He's like, yeah. He's like, man, I work hard. He's like, I put in overtime to give those kids everything I never got growing up. And he's like, and then I kind of get a call from the guidance counselor saying my daughter tried to kill herself. He's like, what are you supposed to do about that, man? You're trying to love your kids. And I thought it was fascinating. I, I didn't know what else to say, but I said, you know, you know, trying to kill yourself has many facets, mental illness, things like that. But I said, man, did you see any warning signs? And he kind of you know, took a chug of his beer and he was kind of like, well, I work hard, man, trying to give my kids and all, you know, yeah. all the things I didn't get given up. I, I work overtime on the weekend so they can do cheerleader camp. And I was like, wow, mm. isn't it fascinating that in your own home, something can be going on. But if you're not present, like truly present there, you can miss it. And that's what you're saying with the, oftentimes the crisis comes up because we haven't been present enough to notice the small changes in behavior in our kids, yeah. the small changes in behavior in our spouse, the, them pulling away a little bit and, uh, just spending a little less time together. And when you're not present, those things can, I say, quote, air quote, sneak up on you. Mm -hmm. But it's because you haven't been what you haven't been observant enough to the changes. That's, that's what you're saying. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, we, there's some research kind of in a related topic in that, you know, with our mission agency that I direct, we're very, um, uh, real emphasis on pastoral care. In other words, we stay in touch with the people, at least a monthly touch, staying in touch, knowing what's going on. And, <clears throat> so we, uh, I found out statistically, we have very few what you'd call failures on the mission field, mm. uh, where people kind of crash and burn on the mission field. And I, uh, and we don't send out, we don't vet the people real thoroughly, you know, make sure they got this or that, you, you know. You don't make sure they can like strangle a chicken with their bare hands and pluck it. No, although that's very useful. I understand. <laughs> One of those mission camps you go to where you're yeah. like, you have to be able to learn to like find your own water and kill your own chickens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, uh, as useful as that may be, no, we don't check that out. Um, but, uh, and one of the things we, we, then I saw this survey and they were asking missionaries who had failed, what was the problem, you know? And um, what we found was <clears throat> they asked people who had been off the field for a number of years, what was the big failure? And the number one thing that they said, the number one thing that they saw, the number one thing they experienced, they asked them based on three different criteria. And the number one thing that influenced their coming back was lack of pastoral care. They used that particular term. And all of a sudden it dawned on me, I realized probably one of the reasons we have so few failures is we're in touch with them along the way. And so little problems don't become big problems. 
Oh, yeah. Now, you know, if they cover it up, it can be. But if we're if you're dealing with those little problems, and so it's the same thing. If you're dealing with that little problem when your your girl, your daughter comes up to you and she's got this problem at school and got that problem, and they may seem like they're no big deal to you, but they're big deals to her. They are her world. And particularly when they're little kids, you know? Yeah. It's so easy to go, oh, it's not a big deal, you know? Or even, well, that's just puppy love, you know? Don't, it's not a big deal, you know? You, somebody else will come along, you know, and you got your heart broken. But, you know, even those things... It's not a big, you know, it's like major surgery. Somebody was saying the other day, a friend of theirs was going in for some little procedure on their heart. And I go, <laughs> little procedure little on your procedure heart. Little procedure on your hey, heart. If it's, if it's my heart you're yeah. messing with, I don't care what you're doing. You know, it's a big procedure. And so it's a big deal to them. And being there in those little things will, if nothing else, it lets them know you're open in the bigger things. Yeah. that I mean, that's a great point is, Presence is in many ways being willing to get into their world. Yeah. Even if it feels kind of trite or yeah, petty. Insignificant, yeah. Yeah. Because it's not to them. Which or they is, wouldn't be talking with you about it. Yeah, that's a good point. And that, that happens a lot with Elise too. She'll say, you know, this, and I'm, 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 I try and catch it, but she'll say, you know, hey, you know, this teacher said this to me. And I'm like, oh, that was a big deal to her. And then and she's like, and it really hurt my feelings. And yeah. you get into those, and and I'm like, oh, well, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll be it. like, just blow off that person. Right? Yeah. But that's not what she's looking for. And I, I have to get into her world was like, what does that feel like to a five-year-old to have an adult say that to yeah. her? And I remember me as a five-year-old. But that's the challenge too is like, well, that's a petty problem. And so it's yeah. hard to be present sometimes with people when you, their problem seems pe- petty to you. Yeah. Deal with it. Get over it. Grow up. Whatever. Yeah. 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 That's wonderful. That's like the, well, don't worry. Be happy. If yeah. I could, that would That's be right. wonderful advice. Stop worrying. Yeah. Oh, okay, I will. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I just didn't, uh, the old uh, Bob Newhart, stop it. Yeah. Stop it. That was when he's doing his counseling and just yeah. says, stop doing that. Stop oh, it. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, that solved that problem. So what do you, like, one of the things that I you would always do is you'd always stop what you were doing and to be present with us. That was a, a I'm just talking about some practical presence yeah. skills. You'd okay. stop what you were doing. So I think one of the things as a parent for me is I have to actually put my phone away. Oh, yeah. It's like, okay, sweetheart, yeah. And like I'm like, because it's easy to act like you're stopped. And you think she doesn't see that I'm <laughs> looking at the phone more than her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She would she would do that for a while. She went through a season of where I'd be looking on the phone. And she'd be like, You back now, Daddy? And I was like, Ow, that hurts. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like Yes, I'm back, sweetheart. She yeah. knew I was checked out. I I thought I was fooling her, but I cannot fool a four year old, right? So no, yeah. no, and and a lot of it's eye contact, you know, because it's it is where your eye is. That's really where yeah. you are. The, they tell us in counseling that that one of the keys to being present with it is if your mind does start to wander, to actually uh, to stop and say, "I'm sorry, but my mind started to wander." Would you repeat what I just said? You what would you just said and it seems like that would be offensive to them, but they said it actually, in many ways, it shows them I'm actually really wanting to engage yeah, with this. That, yeah. that would that would encourage me. Yeah, or, or you, when you said this, it made me think about this and I got distracted. Let uh-huh. me jump back to that. And they also said sometimes shaking your leg will actually help kind of focus it, which is interesting because Emily hates it when I shake my leg. And my leg but, shakes all the time. Yeah. <laughs> your mom will put her hand on my leg. I say, if you do that, it's going to break out in my head. You know? That's right. <laughs> my head starts shaking, so let my leg go. But yeah. those are some practical things for being present is, is really, and I've heard you know people say about you know at dinner time, put no phones at the table, yeah. which is probably a pretty good rule. And no TV. You know? Yeah, no TV, uh-huh. which is interesting because a lot of people, you know, there are certain um, home cultures where you keep the TV on from the yeah. moment you get home to the moment you, and you don't realize 
in some ways that does pull away from the presence because it gives people something that can distract them. So do we need to eliminate all distractions, do you think, to be fully present? Or is that is that Well, I, I don't think you can eliminate all distractions, but you can eliminate the major ones. Yeah. You know. Um you can turn off the TV. You can put your phones away. You can do things like that. And if you've had a lot of noise from the TV, it's going to feel very awkward to have that silence. Yeah, you're like, yeah. Eh, that's the thing. Awkward. There's this awkwardness sometimes about silence, which is why we keep the noise going. Yeah, I think we, we kind of like that some way because then we don't have to, you know, looking somebody square in the eyes is can be very um, intimidating as well. And so we do like those distractions actually sometimes. And so we like things going, the radio going or whatever. You know, when we're in the car, to have the radio going or something like that uh, is very easy. So um, which, I don't know that you can eliminate all distractions, that, but you can eliminate the big ones. That's an interesting point too, because one of the things I've realized with Elise is that the best stuff I get from her is when we don't have the radio going in the car. And she's mm -hmm. had time to just quietly think. And then mm -hmm. we'll be driving for 10 minutes and she'll be like, hey dad, so-and-so was mean to me the other day. And I'm like, oh. And I kind of wonder if, it, if the music had been playing, if those moments wouldn't come up. Yeah. And because she'll come out with these deep things after she's had time to, she's had time to, you know, process and think about it. It, it all of a sudden it comes out and you're like, well, that's the element of presence is giving it some time for it to come out, which is hard. Sometimes you're like, we'll just get to the point. We don't have time for it. But yeah. sometimes the best stuff comes out when you've had the space and time for them to think it through. You know, what's that quote about the silence that a man has a hard time dealing with silence? Um, it's one of the things that scares us the most is just a period of silence because we, we, we feel like there constantly needs to be noise around us or, or speaking around us, you know, oh, yeah. like on the radio, dead air time. Oh man, that's a dead. You don't do dead air time on the yeah, radio. Exactly. Yeah. Cause somebody will tune in and like, there's nothing going on. Move along. Yeah. yeah. It's gotta be fast. It's gotta, gotta fill the moment. And so it does kind of scare us a little bit when things are quiet. And so we do like to fill our minds with noise. But the, yeah. But they also say that being present in the in the moment in, in silence actually often leads to great creativity. Oh yeah, You're actually soaking up the actual moment. I think you know you talk about distractions. I know, like with me, when I go in, you know, most restaurants now—well, not most, but I guess the restaurants we frequent <laughs> anyway, the cheaper ones um, have TVs on the wall. Everywhere oh, yeah. you look, there's a TV on the wall. You know, and I have to be really careful when I go in because I'm just flashing lights attract me you know, I'm like a moth you <laughs> yeah. know and so if there's a tv behind somebody you know i'm going to be looking up at the thing and it's a constant fight to keep my eye focused on them you know so i don't know maybe i ought to put the tv back there because it's a good exercise you know it's like building muscle to yes. build a must resist the TV, must know? resist yeah but i i find that too you know i, I think that's a part of it they they realize it, to create an, a welcoming environment you got to have noise you got to have distractions to where people don't have aren't forced to face one another and communicate with one another. Huh. And so, cause you can't hear what's going on. I mean, you can't really, you're not really participating. There's three TVs going around and you got ones on sports and ones on this and you can't hear it. And you, so you're not really engaged in that either. I think it's just like a noise, a distraction. It's colored lights. It's a way to uh, just sort of sparkle the, what would you say? Tickle the eyes, you know, maybe yeah. a little bit. Well, and in many ways, so in many ways, the whole world is out to keep us distracted. It's yeah. just a, we feel comfortable when we're distracted and the whole world is kind of opposed yeah. to us. So being present is going to take an intentional act. It's not just going to materialize. Yeah. You're literally going to have to make some conscious decisions to, I'm not going to do the path of least resistance, which would be to turn on the TV here. Um, you actually have to make space for presence, yeah. which is an interesting thing to think about because the, na the, the natural path is going to be noise and distraction. The supernatural would be the being present um, 
which again goes back to Jesus coming and he didn't just stay far off. He actually came and showed up on earth to be present with us as an example of, you know, the word became flesh and lived among us being with us. So yeah, I, I think he set the example for that. And a key is um, thinking more about others than yourself, you know, that I'm more concerned with you. So I'm willing to put aside my own desires, my own goals, my own objectives in order to focus upon and be concerned about the things that matter to you. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you want more information from Joel or Rick, you can visit joelmalm.com or rickmalm.com. Please consider leaving a review of the podcast.